This is an ABC podcast. Fierce. Girl This is the story of the girl who is dyslexic but wrote famous books, Jackie French. Read by Star of Orange is the New Black, Yael Stone. Jackie French couldn't hear her grandmother. She was too busy playing in her imaginary land. She had a friend there called Little Tending Girl. Tending was short for pretending, because Jackie's friend was also imaginary. Jackie! Dinner! Come on, Little Tending Girl, said Jackie. Let's go chat to the sparrows. At dinner time... Grandmother always opened the window and set a place at the table for the birds to flutter in and take a nibble. Jackie liked how they shared their space with wildlife. Jackie loved to tell amazing stories to the animals, birds and little tending girl. But they were mostly based on books she'd already read. And boy, had Jackie read everything she could. She read the newspaper. She read the phone book, a giant book that stored thousands of names and phone numbers in it. Then she went to the library and read everything in the children's section. And then when she'd done that, she read almost all the books that were meant for adults. By the time she was three, she could read novels. But when Jackie started school, something a little strange happened. She couldn't read spelling lists on the blackboard. Words and letters would appear jumbled and back to front, and maths equations were all gobbledygook. Today, those troubles might be called a learning disability or dyslexia, but there were no labels like that when Jackie was growing up. Jackie didn't worry about that. She sensed that she was very clever. No one else in her age group was reading Socrates. He was a famous philosopher that she liked to have imaginary conversations with. And no one else finished a whole textbook in an hour or two. Her super speed reading meant that she was often left bored in class while everyone else played catch-up. She'd stare out the window and daydream. Jackie French, pay attention, one teacher said. Or you'll get a rap across the knuckles with the ruler. But mostly Jackie's teachers could see she had a special talent for storytelling. On a Sunday afternoon, when Jackie was six years old, she ran out of books to read. I know what I'll do, Jackie said. I'll write my own book. The words spilled messily from pen to paper. Tresses and the unghostly ghost. Good title, Jackie said. This is more fun than reading. The story was about a horse who tried to escape from a ghost. He fell down a cliff and died. Then the horse became a ghost too and was reunited with his dead master. It's dark, Jackie thought to herself, and yet a happy ending. 
She took the book to school. Jackie French, this is remarkable, the headmistress said. I'm going to print copies for every single student. Jackie puffed out her chest proudly, but something about it didn't feel quite original. Her story was a mishmash of other books she'd read, a cross between Black Beauty and something by Enid Blyton. She shared her worries with Little Tending Girl, her imaginary friend. I wonder if I could write a story that was completely mine, Jackie said. My own special magic. Little Tending Girl replied, You should speak to my big sister. Her name is Maria. Suddenly, a new imaginary friend appeared. Maria. Don't be afraid, Maria said. All you need to do is send your mind off with the wind. That's where the stories come from. And from that moment, Jackie's stories didn't come from the pages of other books. They came completely from her mind, made from her own special magic. Every afternoon at school, if everyone behaved, the teacher would let Jackie tell them a story. There once lived a girl called Mary. Jackie's classmates were enthralled. She lived in a cave at the bottom of a volcano. They hung on every word. But one day, there was a tsunami. Oh, thank you, Jackie. That's enough for today, the teacher said. We look forward to hearing the rest tomorrow. Jackie lingered at the teacher's desk. Miss, do you think I could become a famous writer? She asked. Like Charlotte Bronte or Socrates? The teacher looked down on her with kind eyes and a sympathetic smile. I'm afraid not in Australia, she said. Writers don't earn enough money to make a living here. It wasn't the last time an adult said those words to her, so eventually she believed them. But Jackie didn't stop writing. She wrote when she was happy. She wrote when she was sad. She wrote when she was scared. But mostly, she wrote because it was fun. More fun than anything. If she couldn't be a paid author, she decided she'd live like the characters in one of her favourite books, The Magic Pudding. I'll have a huge garden. No, a food forest, Jackie said. And we'll live in harmony with all of the animals and every night we'll feast on what we've grown and we'll eat as much pudding as we like. When Jackie grew up, she bought her magic pudding dream, her own slice of bushland, complete with swimming holes, sun-baking skinks, fig trees and friendly frogs. There was just a slight problem. Jackie didn't have any money left over for anything else. The feast she'd always dreamt of had to be foraged. Jackie's tummy growled and she had to get creative. 
She singed the fur from moths and fried them up for visitors. They're crumbed brains, she fibbed. The milk in their tea? It came from the echidnas. Oh, it was worth a try, Jackie said after taking a sip. But maybe best left for the puggles. And there was no grand homestead. Instead, Jackie lived in a tin shed that she shared with a wallaby named Fred, a black snake named Gladys, and a wombat named Smudge. There were no lights, no TV, not even a fridge to keep the echidna milk cold. I think I need some money, Smudge, Jackie said to her wombat. Let's see if I can write a children's book and convince someone to pay me for it. Jackie dusted off her old typewriter. It was covered in wombat poo. Hmm, the E key is broken, she said. Never mind, I'm sure that whoever reads it can make sense of the words without the letter E. Jackie typed and read, read and typed, until she'd written a collection of short stories called Rainstones, inspired by her beloved bushland. Done, she declared. She gathered up the pages and did her best to wipe away the remnants of Smudge's droppings. Never mind, Jackie said. I'm sure whoever reads this won't mind a little smear of wombat poo. To Harper Collins from Jackie French. An editor opened the envelope and scratched her head. What on earth? She laughed. The paper is dirty. She skimmed over the first page. The crook, smolt of hot rocks and old water. She read aloud. This sentence is missing the letter E. She persisted, stumbling across the awkward spelling. You know what? She said, I like it. The stories are good, and this Jackie French person has certainly captured my attention. Dear Miss French, we are pleased to inform you we would like to publish your book. Kind regards, Harper Collins. Jackie shared the news with Smudge. Well, there you go, she said to the wombat. Maybe you can make money from writing after all. The book, Rainstones, was shortlisted for one of the most prestigious literary prizes in the country, the Children's Book Council of Australia Awards. And now, publishers can't get enough of Jackie French's manuscripts, Wombat Poo and all. Jackie has written more than 200 books for children, adults and everyone in between. She writes about growing food, being kind to the planet, the bush, history, natural disasters, but it's her best-selling book that makes her smile the most. 
diary of a wombat. And it also made her some money, which means Jackie has moved out of the tin shed and into a house made from stone, where she eats as much pudding as she likes. She's packed away her broken typewriter and bought a computer. She's discovered there's a label for the trouble she's always had with words and numbers, dyslexia. But Jackie isn't bothered. She still senses that she is very clever. Computers can write neatly and computers can correct your spelling, Jackie says. But computers cannot daydream. Only you can send your mind off with the wind. That's where stories come from. Jackie French is fierce and creative, and it seems like she's been fierce and creative from when she was very young. Do you have a sense that you're fierce and creative? Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Fierce Girls. My name is Yael Stone and I'm an actor. I've pretended to be a lot of different people over the years, from when I was 12 years old, actually. But I'm most well known for playing Lorna Morello in Orange is the New Black. Plus, I'm a mum and I'm really into sustainability and looking after the environment. You can hear more fierceness on the podcast, like this one about Fanny Finch. Fanny Finch buttoned up her blue silk dress and pinned a row of flowers in her hair. She pulled her shoulders back and marched into the hall of Castlemaine. I'm here to vote, Fanny said. Men glared at her. Women didn't vote. Or at least, not yet. But the law stated that rate-paying persons could vote. It didn't say anything about women. I own a business, the best restaurant on the goldfields, Fanny said. And I pay rates, so I am voting. Fanny scanned the names on the ballot paper. Ugh, she sighed. Sixteen men. Fanny, an English-born single mother of African heritage, voted for the best of the bunch. There was one other woman who did the same, but no one kept a record of her name. Together, they were among the first women in Australia ever to vote in a government election. But hours later, officials said their votes didn't count. They may not have counted in that ballot, but they did count eventually. 46 years later, after protests across the country, the government finally gave in. Women were allowed to vote, and they had Fanny Finch to thank for showing the way. To hear more awesome episodes of Fierce Girls for free, go to the ABC Listen app or other podcast apps on your mobile device. Some people will be afraid of your fierceness. Don't worry, you just bide your time. Roll the credits. Fierce Girls is produced by a bunch of super fierce women and one snazzy guy. It's produced by Alex Lolbach. The executive producers are Justine Kelly and Monique Bowley. 
The stories are written by the uber-talented Samantha Turnbull. David LeMay is the amazing audio engineer who puts in the cool sound effects like this one. Kelly Reardon is the boss who lets us make Fierce podcasts. Fierce Girls is a production of ABC Audio Studios. And if you need more fierceness in your life, have a listen to the other Fierce Girls stories we've made just for you. You can hear them for free on ABC Listen, other podcast apps, or on your smart speaker. Hey, speaker, play Fierce Girls. Sure, here's the latest episode of Fierce Girls. Or head to the Fierce Girls website, where you'll also find colouring-in sheets and posters of your favourite Fierce Girls.